Hi, I'm Chantelle. And I'm Matthew. And we're founders of Fifth Place, where our mission is to make the world a better place by enabling the how. Welcome, Welcome to, to our Emotions Matter, Matter Really podcast. podcast. In this podcast, we explore everything about emotions, feelings, and what it is to become and remain emotionally fit. We interrogate the taboo around expressing and talking about emotions and feelings. We talk about all those things we want less of, like stress, anxiety, and burnout, and the things we want more of, like sleep, calm, and self-care. We explore tools, tips and techniques for managing your emotions. We examine what it means to be emotionally fit and why this equals a better quality of life. Hello, hello. And it's great to be back here again. Uh, even though being back here in Johannesburg, South Africa can be quite a challenging place to live at times. Yes, it certainly can. I mean, power outages, water outages, lots of unhappiness out there. And uh, yes, lack of delivery and of basic services. Politicians focused on uh, anything and everything but what they should be. Actually just focused on themselves and their power. Oh, what's new there? Yeah, and lots of people are very itchy and scratchy. Lots of irritation at the moment. The inconsistent, uncertain nature of the situation, the inability to do anything about it can cause a lot of frustration, negativity and despair. Mm. And when we feel like this, we want to scream, hit something, break something, cry. And as you like to say, we can get very itchy and scratchy <laughs> and aggressive. So we need ways to manage how we are feeling, to negate the possibility doing something rash, something we may later regret. Yes. And even if you aren't living in this part of the world, in this particular city with this particular, these particular risks, you probably have felt this way as well. I mean, there are challenges all over the world. Um, all kinds of things are happening. And yes, life can become quite, quite challenging. So, you know, there's so much conflict all over the world and polarization. Finding ways to get yourself into a better frame of mind, feeling more calm so that you can make better decisions and choices about your actions uh, and behaviors. Yeah, being in a state where you are a little bit more regulated, a little bit more balanced. In other words, your emotions aren't raging all over the place, perhaps literally. It does mm -hmm. empower you to make better choices more informed choices. And as we've so often seen, aggression begets aggression. Mm -hmm. If somebody comes at me aggressively, it's challenging to hold that space, to not respond or rather react. And to just allow the other person the space to be and express whatever it is they're expressing. Often, and this doesn't only apply to being aggressive, if someone is crying or someone is upset, want to stop that person from feeling that particular mm. way and often as a, it's as a result of what is brought up in in me mm. but one of the things that we can do in terms of holding that space is to disengage from what the other is doing 
and focus on where I have agency, where I have control. Mm. And as we always say, it starts starts with with me. me. Indeed. So a couple of weeks ago, we introduced the five pillars of emotional fitness. And this is around the holistic approach to building and maintaining, uh, remaining emotionally fit. Um, And we then spoke more deeply into the first pillar, uh, which which is thinking. Uh, And today we're going to look at the next pillar, which is moving. And uh, we are dressed in our moving clothes, if you can see us, <laughs> which many of you won't, but we dressed to go for a walk straight after recording this podcast. Yes, today is, we're recording it on a Friday. Friday morning is usually a walk day. It's just part of our schedule. We have other forms of movement, which we'll get into, but specifically us, we go to gym and we also do Pilates. But I think overall, in terms of movement, our favorite pastime is to walk. Mm. And just in case you haven't listened to those episodes, a recap or a reminder of the five pillars, thinking, moving, nourishing, relating, and my own personal favorite, feeling. (laughs) And we've done thinking, and now we are going to be talking about moving. And why is moving so important for emotional fitness? Well, you know, we have become so sedentary. Uh, We were built, our bodies are built for moving. We're built to stand, not sit so much. We are built to push, pull, walk, run, dive, jump. We're built to do, we're built to be active. And we actually spend so much of our time sedentary, sitting, and not really moving around. And uh, being sedentary is, as we know, not great for our physical well-being but it's also not great for our emotional well-being either now movement is key because what it does is it helps release the hormones and chemicals that can build up as a result of stress you know all that stuff we were talking about earlier the environment that you live in the stuff you see on the news even if you try and avoid it or you know it doesn't matter even something as inane or perhaps neutral as watching a show or a television program or a movie that elicits a stress response. If you don't do something, and in this instance we're focusing on moving, to get those stress hormones shifted and moved through the body, then it will add up. And, you know, don't we have enough stress already? You know, it doesn't just have to be like we've been talking about walking. Or actual exercise, yeah. But as you said, you know, anything that gets the body going, um, anything that gets the circulation going, mm. and the air yes. moving. Yes, breathing and moving and the, the blood flowing. And there's a neurochemical basis for the mental health benefits of exercise. Uh, exercise reduces the levels of stress hormones in your body, and it increases the levels of endorphins, which are the feel-good chemicals. Um, the body's natural painkillers and mood elevators. Uh, Endorphins are responsible actually for what is known as the runner's high um, and result in feelings of relaxation, optimism that accompany many hard workouts. And we know what that's like. 
you know, when you do a hard workout, it's tough while you're doing it, but boy, you feel like really, really great when you're done. The other benefits of moving is that you can tone up, you become trimmer, you feel an improvement certainly in your strength and your stamina and, you know, your self-image can get a boost as well. And this improves your mood, your outlook, and you get a sense of accomplishment or a feeling of achievement. And I know certainly uh, from when I was raising my son that, you know, there were times then when I wished I was a bit fitter because certainly children have a lot of energy. Yes, they do. They certainly do. Try and follow their activity yes. um, in any, in, at any time. It can be very exhausting as an adult. But, you know, I was talking about being very sedentary and there have been a couple of articles that have spoken about sitting being the new smoking and how bad sitting actually is for us. Our bones, if we sit for lengthy periods of time, our bones become compressed, our blood flow becomes compromised, and that's absolutely true. I, I've got up sometimes and gone, oh, my legs feel a little bit like numb, or they feel like they um, have got pins and needles, which is, talks to blood flow um, being compromised. It can cause problems with your digestive system, your bowel movements. Sitting hunched over, which so many of us do when we're in front of our computers, causes neck, shoulder and back aches. Inactivity also can lower your mood. So when you're not active, you can actually get, you can actually feel a bit down and in the dumps. Um, it can also heighten anxiety. So, you know, there, there's more and more reason to get up and go. Um, as well as stress, it can increase your stress levels. And then, you know, your muscles atrophy and this just gets worse as you get older. If you're not using your muscles, they just shrink and your bone density becomes affected as well, which is particularly problematic, specifically in women. Um, and obviously, let's not talk about weight gain. Who didn't gain weight when it was locked down and we weren't allowed to move around as much as we had been? Yep, I mean, those are things, and I know moving is also about honoring the design of your body. As Chantal said earlier, that our bodies were designed to move, and so this is all about coming mm. back to your body, as we say so often, because that's the place where all of this actually happens, not mm -hmm. out there or not in our heads. Mm -hmm. and, and one of the nice things about moving as well is that because you get the side effects, if you like, of these feel-good hormones, plus you get more energy, then you can wean yourself off the external stimulants like sugars mm -hmm. and coffees for those pick-me-ups. Because you know what goes up? Must come down. And if you keep having these hits, whether they are the energy drink type, the caffeine type, the sugar type, you know, mm -hmm. It's also putting undue stress on your body that your body's then also got to deal with. And the whole idea here is that we want to minimize the impact of the mm. stress. Mm, absolutely. And, you know, I like to be active. I like to be, be moving. It's um, very tiring, I must say. <laughs> Keeping up. <laughs> but I've never really been one for like ball sports or team sports. Uh, I'm dreadful, actually. I was dreadful. Tried many of them, but really wasn't very good at them. Personally enjoyed things like dancing, gymnastics, 
you know, running, did some running. And then, you know, later when it was sort of the thing to go and do aerobics and gym and that sort of thing, went to gym. And currently, as you were saying, uh, doing the walking and Pilates and the uh, the weight training at um, the the gym. So those are the things that I like to do. What do you like to do? And what has your history been with exercise and moving, Matthew? I don't know that I have such an affinity as you in terms of moving, because I know if we don't you know, exercise or do something, then you get all fidgety and what does it go itchy and scratchy? <laughs> yes. But uh, from a team sport perspective, did some team sports at school, ended up somehow rising to be captain a lot of the time. Uh, so I was swimming captain and cricket captain. I did play rugby for a while. I really enjoyed rugby until I got injured. Uh, at school um, but I think the thing that I've done the most of is swimming and cycling and I guess in some ways those are a little bit individual and then now as you know having said this a lot in the podcast you know it's walking and Pilates and, and gym and once you get the habit going because it, it is difficult to get going sometimes and I think setting realistic goals I actually had no goals other than Let's do it a few times a week. <laughs> and now that that particular habit is ingrained, there's that discipline that we know in the schedule that this time on this day is a space for exercise, then you can start to explore what becomes possible in that space. And, and what I also find or have found very useful from an exercise perspective is how your approach to exercise can spill over and have benefit in your life. Mm -hmm. As I was saying, the thing around setting a goal or just showing up mm -hmm. with a desire to have, have a different outcome. Because, you know, if you want different in your life, then you have to do different in your life. Mm. We can't wish or hope or pray that things will change if we don't actually change ourselves. Mm. And that can be as simple as just looking at the calendar and saying, right, on this day, I'm going for a walk. Mm. Yes, it can be. You know, it can be very difficult to start a, a program, an exercise program, um, especially if you haven't been doing it for a long time. Uh, but I think it's also, it doesn't actually have to be formal exercise. If you've been doing no exercise whatsoever, you can simply start by walking around the space that you are in regularly during the day. So most phones have these apps that's, that show you how much you've walked, how many paces you've walked, and you can basically say every half an hour, every hour I get up and I actually go for a walk, whether it's up and down the stairs, whether it's around the office, whether it's around the office park, whether it's around my house if I or my apartment or around as a, the apartment block, just to get up and actually move and and have those th you know, sort of time, put a time aside and do it regularly every single, every, every hour, what have you. We've certainly found that as a result of the lockdown and COVID, we've become far more sort of insular. We don't, we don't, we, we don't drive around a lot. We don't sort of go out to see people as much. People don't come to us to see us as much. Um, it's, it's so much is done on screen still. And if you think about it, before COVID, it would be, I'm going to a meeting up, 
even though you're driving there, up, go to the car, park, drive, walk to the place, you know, and even if you were um, in an office, you would walk to your meeting. Now it's literally sit in front of the screen and, you know, online and sit in front of, the, sit in front of the, sc- the screen. Some people have gone back to, gone back to the office, but I think there's still a lot of sit in front of your screen. It's important, as you're saying, to take breaks. You can put timers on. Because, you know, as you're saying this, I'm reminded of that phrase or, or quote or whatever it is about you know, lying on your deathbed and wishing mm. that you'd worked more. And that's no one's dream ever. No. And, uh, well, to put it the other way, it says no one lies on their deathbed wishing they'd worked more. And it's really what we're focusing on or endeavoring to sort of talk into if you want to broaden it is the quality of life Mm. putting life back into living or putting living back into your life rather and uh, taking breaks as we and in those breaks do the do the walking as we've said before in different contexts you know music yes has space between the notes otherwise it's just a noise we need breaks from an exercise perspective, those more knowledgeable than us, you know, say that the magic of doing exercise happens when you're in the time of no exercise. Mm. And that may sound ironic and contradictory, but the idea here is is to get a rhythm and get a flow of movement and not just sit or be or veg. Mm. And when you when you spoke about music, it's also fun sometimes to put on the music. And when you're at home, if you've got kids, and you're like, oh, I can't I can't get away from them. I've got to look after them. And I remember when when we had when when I had young kids, uh, sometimes on a Friday after Friday night, come home, put on the music, and just dance. We would all just have fun dancing in the in the sitting room in the lounge. Um, and they loved it. So we all just danced and had fun um, before we had something to eat. So that's another thing that you can do. And if you take your kids to the park, run around with them, walk around the park. So you can find creative ways of just moving. So when you get to a building, instead of going up in the lift, rather use the stairs. Even instead of using the elevator, yes, use the stairs. I mean, we had a, had a laugh the other day when... We went, we were away and there was there was this escalator and there were stairs and I was like, Nope, I'm taking the stairs and we actually sort of had this little, you know, race <laughs> up the stairs. Uh, there were quite a few stairs. I don't know that I won, but that <laughs> was fun. It was just to do something, just to get a bit of exercise, get a bit of uh I, I found just what's also I'm reminded of is around two thousand and six. 2007 I wanted to change my shape from round to something else and I found that it very was very useful to make a commitment to someone else and mm. so I partnered with someone and I had to drive in my car and collect them and then we went together to do exercise mm. and so then I sort of tricked myself into building a habit so by making the commitment to someone else sometimes that can help drag us out of our space of inactivity 
I, I, yes, I'm glad that you raised that because having a commitment buddy does really help. It's nice to be able to, first of all, it's nice to do the exercise with somebody else. It's also nice to be held accountable um, by somebody else or to hold somebody else accountable. And I know in our space, when we want to walk, sometimes on winter's mornings, it's like, oh, do we really want to go out and have a walk? And one of us is like, yes, we're going. <laughs> we just do. Um, also, what is useful if to get into the habit is to not overthink it. So if you've said, I'm going to go to gym in the morning, you basically get up, you get into your gym clothes, you don't think about anything and you go. Or if you're going to do it in the afternoon on the way back from work or during lunchtime, that you pack your bag, it's there. There's no thinking. It's just, I'm going to do it. I don't even worry about what I should or should not be doing instead because it's the minute we sort of go, hmm, you know, I think I should rather. No, it's it, it's like it's there. Everything is planned, sorted, and it's much easier to do rather than to go, oh, maybe I'll rather stay at home and have a donut. And remember, it's not about getting it right. I've got a good friend, Andrew, who often reminds us it's about progress, not perfection. Yep. So as long as we are heading in the general direction consistently with at least enough of the effort, yes. then, then the changes will come. Absolutely. I mean, we weren't that well over, during the month of August and we weren't able to walk. We weren't able to go to gym and we kind of could see it ended up August feeling a little bit less slim <laughs> than we'd been before. But it was back. We got back, back to gym, back to walking. It was great. So, you know, you just got to pick up where you left off. Well, maybe not quite. You just have to start slow. But well, it's more the environment, the, the habit part of yes, going. Yes. That's uh, the thing that I think we're saying here is exactly. it doesn't matter what you fill it with, yeah. what kind of movement, but create those spaces and opportunities, mm. even mm. if they are dancing on the kitchen table. <laughs> yes, <laughs> dancing on the kitchen table. Lovely. Absolutely fun. Mm. And part of the as we sort of move towards the end of the podcast and before we get to the poem it's a reminder just to go through the three maxims or three tenets of change because these are key to the pillars mm. and uh, the three maxims of change are particularly useful or relevant when you talk about the moving pillar and so i'm going to just quickly go through them again so the first maximum of change is I must want to change I must want to change because nobody can force me to improve in this instance my moving ability it's got to be my choice mm -hmm. because I see the benefit for me and my overall well-being so many things so many institutions organizations even people sometimes think that they know what is best for me but I know what is best for me my body knows what is best for me and so that's that's important you know and particularly in the moving context there is going to be a need for discipline for commitment mm. and so the question is am I up to it mm. and then the second maximum of change is that it starts with me and you know maybe that's obvious but no one else can move me except me no one else's responsibility to move me but mine mm -hmm. and you know that thing about the buck stopping well it stops with me and uh, you know 
there we go. I can't get wheeled around in a trolley and think I'm moving. No, I have to actually get up, <laughs> dance, jump, etc. And then the third one, the third maximum of change, is that I must be prepared to come back to my body. And after all, isn't that what moving is about? Mm. Moving your body, mm. moving the body. Mm. Mm. And in that, becoming more conscious of your body and how it moves and how you positioned and um, what it feels like when you exert it, what it feels like when you use muscles that you haven't used for a while and just being, you know, honoring the fact that you have this, this muscle, blood, bone, organism that can do so much, uh, coming back and reconnecting with it uh, is so very important for our physical, but more our emotional fitness. And you'll find as we get to that stage now to hear this amazing poem that Chantel's chosen. It's quite a long poem, but I'm really looking forward to hearing it. And I'll give the title away, perhaps. But this thing of connecting to your body becomes a dance. Mm. And it's a rhythm and a flow where it just becomes this beautiful movement between you and your body. By reconnecting with your body, it can reveal some amazing things. So tell us, Chantel, why did you choose this particular poem? Well, it's about, <clears throat> so it's not necessarily about dance or movement, but it is called the dance. And I think that it, uh, it says everything about this idea of movement and what it does for us as human beings, as relating human beings as well. That's something we're going to be talking about in a future podcast. And it's just beautiful. It's by Raya Mountain Dreamer. And it really is a beautiful invitation to do something different. Well, look forward to it. So, sitting here with bated breath. <laughs> Maybe you should get up and go. <laughs> no, don't. <laughs> the Dance by Raya Mountain Dreamer. I have sent you my invitation. The note inscribed in the palm of my hand by the fire of living. Don't jump up and shout, yes, this is what I want, let's do it. Just stand up quietly and dance with me. Show me how you follow your deepest desires, spiraling down into the ache within the ache. And I will show you how I reach inward and open outward to feel the kiss of the mystery, sweet lips on my own, every day. Don't tell me you want to hold, hold the whole world in your heart. Show me how you turn away from making another wrong without abandoning yourself when you are hurt and afraid of being unloved. Tell me a story of who you are and see who I am in the stories I am living. And together we will remember that 
each of us always has a choice. Don't tell me how wonderful things will be someday. Show me you can risk being completely at peace, truly okay with the way things are right now in this moment. And again in the next, and the next, and the next. I've heard enough warrior stories of heroic daring. Tell me how you crumble when you hit the wall and place the place you cannot go beyond by the strength of your own will. What carries you to the other side of that wall, to the fragile beauty of your own humanness? And after we have shown each other how we have set and kept the clear, healthy boundaries that help us live side by side with each other, let us risk remembering that we never stop silently loving those we once loved out loud. Take me to the places on the earth that teach you how to dance. The places where you can risk letting the world Break your heart and I will take you to the places where the earth beneath my feet and the stars overhead make my heart whole again and again. Show me how you take care of business without letting business determine who you are. When the children are fed but still the voices within and around us shout that soul's desires have too high a price. Let us remind each other that it is never about the money. Show me how you offer to your people and the world the stories and the songs you want our children's children to remember. And I will show you how I struggle not to change the world, but to love it. Sit beside me in long moments of shared solitude, knowing both our absolute aloneness and our undeniable longing. Dance with me in the silence and in the sound of small daily words, holding neither against me at the end of the day. And when the sound of all the declarations of our sincerest intentions has died away on the wind, dance with me in the infinite pause before the next great inhale of the breath that is breathing us all into being, not filling the emptiness from outside or within. Don't say yes. Just take my hand and dance with me. Just take my hand and dance with me. How beautiful, a reminder of what's important, what's really important. Mm. And I don't think there's much left to say after mm. something like that. So. I mean, Matthew, wishing you many moments of dance. Mm. Until next time, bye for now. And from me, Chantal, remember, be kind and be gentle to yourself. And yes, please dance and bye for now.
If you enjoyed this podcast and haven't already done so, then we invite you to subscribe or follow us. You can find the links on how to do this in the description below for the podcast. <laughs> and if you want to find out more about building your emotional fitness as well and doing something around emotional fitness, you can take one of our courses and they are also in the link below. If you want to join our fifth place community and stay connected with us and what we're doing, you can do that by visiting our website. It's very easy. It's fifth.place, just the number five, th.place. And lastly, if you found this podcast to be of value and would like to match this value, then we invite you to make a donation. This will enable us to take our work to those spaces where it's more difficult to do so, where data is a challenge and resources are minimal. Yes, buy us a coffee. <laughs>